Hello and welcome to another episode of the Sega Guys, brought to you as always by myself James, aka at the Segaholic, and my partner in crime Dan, aka Swooper underscore D on Twitter. How are you doing, Dan? Yeah, very good, mate. Very good. And excited to get into this one. It's, uh, it's a little bit sad because it's the uh, the final game in this in this particular volume in this series, but uh, it's going to be a special one, mate. So looking forward to getting into this. No, absolutely. Uh, on this show, we are going to round off um, Volume 1, as you say, and it's the debut Chronicle series, which as regular listeners will know is, has been focused on Virtua Fighter. Um, and today we are talking about the one and only Virtua Fighter 3 and the various implications that it had on Sega's fighting genre. So, uh, a wee bit of history here, just to kind of kick us underway. Uh, it's the final home version of Virtua Fighter to appear on Sega hardware, as you said. You know, get the violin out. Sad, sad time, sad time. Yeah, but um, Virtua Fighter 3 or Virtua Fighter 3 TB, Team Battle to be exact, launched alongside the Dreamcast in Japan and in Europe, but not in the US, uh, and being especially popular in Japan where arcade gaming was still a huge draw for gamers over there. The original version of the game was first unleashed mainstream on the Japanese public on September 1996 with the Team Battle build Virtua Fighter 3 TB coming a full year almost to the day later. Uh, as mentioned, the game launched alongside the Japanese Dreamcast in November 1998 and what was a standout title and what was a pretty poor launch lineup. You know, you had Pen Pen Triaxalon, uh, Godzilla Generations and just... Not not the greatest launch lineup at all, but um, VF3 pretty much sold at a one-to-one ratio with Dreamcast hardware in Japan at launch, underlining the excitement around arcade gaming that still existed in Japan as Western gamers looked for more in-depth content in their video games. The US would get their port of the game four days after the European launch of the system on October 18th, 1999. Um, and I think a lot of the kind of the lack of success, to put that word kind of in there, um, is down to the fact that Soul Calibur was a launch title in the US as well, and I think VF3 didn't stand a chance sat beside that, um, even though they're very, very different games technically, but um, it's a bit strange that it never, never made it as a launch title in, in the US, but it did in Europe. Um, various touch-ups were made to the Western port, including improved shadows and major PAL optimization. Uh, but the game shockingly did lack the much-vaunted 60Hz mode that other Dreamcast titles were famously offering and would continue to offer throughout the lifespan of the console. So, Dan, we'll start with the elephant in the room before we, we move on to the kind of the usual roll call of first impressions and whatnot. And that elephant is called Genki and the <laughs> quality of the port. I'll let you start with this one. What's your overall impressions of the port and the job that Genki done on this? So as far as the Dreamcast port's concerned, I never really... I mean, when I first bought the game, I bought the Japanese version. Uh, I actually bought it... I didn't buy it with my Dreamcast. I bought it a couple of months after. Uh, but I had it before Soul Calibur. I think at the time I hadn't even thought of Soul Calibur. I knew it was coming, but it was just like, I wanted Virtua Fighter. So that was, that was my focus. When I got my hands on it, uh, I didn't really notice that many differences to the arcade. Um, unlike the other Virtua Fighter game, well, I think I played Virtua Fighter 1 a fair bit in the arcade. As we said, Virtua Fighter 2, I didn't pay as much because I didn't see it as many, in as many arcades. But Virtua Fighter 3 was in the arcade a while before it actually got a port. And 
I remember picking up the Dreamcast version from CEX at the time, an import version back when they did imports. And to me, it seems arcade perfect. Um, I know there's a few videos and a few deep dives where people pick at every sort of color difference and everything like that. But for me, and I played it, I'm playing it recently, I'm playing it in the last few weeks in the lead up to this episode, I really don't see that much of a difference. It's, it's a gorgeous looking game still. You know, we'll probably talk about our first impressions of the arcade game and shortly. But to me, this is this is when we moved out of that sort of experimental 3D phase. You know, Virtual Fighter One and Virtual Fighter Two. Virtual Fighter One was the new 3D was becoming mainstream. Virtual Fighter Two was fine tuning it in that 32-bit generation where the Saturn and PlayStation were kind of exploring how 3D games should really be. Uh, Virtual Fighter 3 is a game that really wouldn't look out of place on a modern console. I mean, it really wouldn't. If you made it HD, um, all the textures and everything, it's, it looks clean as a whistle. And that's, so does the Dreamcast one over VGA. And yeah, I'm sure there are differences, but if only if you've got a keen eye to me. I thought, given the struggles that Genki did, they had to get it ready for launch. You know, you mentioned the launch lineup. It wasn't particularly strong with Pen Pen and Godzilla. Um, I know Sonic Adventure was meant to be a launch game, and uh, that obviously was delayed by a couple of weeks. So Virtual Fighter 3 had to carry the can, and you can only you only have to look at the the sales that it was selling one to one with the Dreamcast to see how important it was. Um, Genki had a, a real task on their hands to to bring it to the Dreamcast in what I think it was eight eight or nine months, mm-hmm. really yep. short amount of time. Uh, it's, I mean, you're right. It, it does. It still looks absolutely stunning. To this day, if you if you hook it up, your Dreamcast up, you know, you know, your VGA especially, it looks absolutely brilliant. Um, if you put it through like a Model Three emulator on a PC and, and, and crank it up, it, it looks. I mean, I've, I've watched videos online of it and it looks absolutely superb. But the the, the port is, you really need to be a nitpicking sod. Yeah. To, to to knock. I mean, okay, if you want to use the term arcade perfect, right? Then yes, the textures maybe aren't as good, and the there's not as many polygons making up the fighters but come on there is a video as well there's a, a channel i forget the name of it um and they do these kind of side by side with a lot of kind of various games and it's mainly sega games and it's like the arcade and the, and the, the saturn or dreamcast versions um and i'm sitting there i've, I've put it on my i've streamed youtube to my, my tv and I've, I've watched it in, in hd and i'm sitting there looking at it going these two windows i'm the games are running side by side. I don't see a difference. Yeah. You know, it's you, you, as you said, you need to have a really, and to call it keen is one thing, maybe anally retentive is the other one, right? But it's, it really is. You need to be nitpicking. It is. It's, it's, I see some people, um, I was looking at some forums um, a couple of weeks ago, I think it must have been, and it was around this news article around people still playing Virtual Fire 3 in our case today. Um, and someone said, why is it called the Black Sheep? And I think the second or third comment was, because the Dreamcast port is garbage. You're thinking, garbage. garbage? You know, the game is I know. The game's playing at 60 frames per second. You know, In terms of how it plays, it's almost arcade perfect. Um, I know some people say that there's a slight difference in the timing and the combos compared to the arcade version. But if you're... If you're coming straight from the arcade, I don't think you'll know the difference. If you're comparing them side by side, I know that you get certain people that I would agree with you are anally retentive, pointing out these very, very bad, maybe aliasing effects, but you know they're zooming right in on the picture, looking at these polygons that you wouldn't see in motion. The game moves so quick. So yeah, I think it's 
extremely unfair to say that it was a bad port, given the time that that, get, that Genki had with it uh, and how advanced the Model 3 board was. I mean, it's the first ever port of a Model 3 game as well. Mm-hmm. You know, how advanced mm-hmm. that hardware back in 1996 or even 1998, the first port of a game like that, and they managed to get it running as smooth as it does. It's something to be applauded rather than condemned. See, this is why that that point you made there about zooming away in. This this is why digital foundry videos don't interest me, right? Because the work they do is brilliant. Their production value is superb, right? But see, whenever you know John starts to go as we zoom in to three hundred percent to look at this blade of grass to see how different it is, I'm like, <laughs> really, really, mate? I'm I'm running past the blade of grass, shooting the guy in the distance. <laughs> I, don't, I don't care how good the grass looks at 300% zoom you know it's things like that it's things are moving in motion that fast if, if you're playing Virtua Fighter the one thing you're focusing on is your fingers and getting and getting these moves you know right the timing for these moves proper or if you're a button basher you're just hitting the hell at them and, and beating people anyway but I, it's the job that Genki done in the time frame that they had considering the hardware they were working on that was new and considering that they were porting a Model 3 game, you know, I think you've got to applaud it. I think if you look at them, I'd love to do one of these kind of experiments, like the Pepsi challenge, they call it. Yeah. <laughs> let's let's put the Dreamcast version in an arcade cabinet and put the arcade version in the Dreamcast cabinet and get people to go up and, and just leave them blank. In fact, they just put them side by side in blank arcade cabinets and ask people to pick it at a glance. And I bet you, the Dreamcast version would fill a few people. Yeah, I, I reckon so as well. Oh, but they mostly glide, and uh, uh, yeah, people that wanted to pick holes in it. I've, I've, yeah, I think 99% of people wouldn't be able to tell the difference. So first impressions, then you you said that you you picked it up in, in CEX whenever they did um, uh, imports. Yeah, so I mean, I first came across this game in the arcade. Um, and it must have been 1996. So we used to go to the to the seaside a fair bit back in uh, back in those days. Um, like with trips with the local pub, they used to have trips out, and uh, I used to go with a few friends, and they had a bunch of arcades around. I think it was Margate, it was. And uh, I remember seeing this. And it was the full sort of like the deluxe cabinet. It was like the the 50 inch screen, whatever that whatever the cap that cab called. And the the intro music was playing, and it was booming out the speakers. And it was one of those games that I'd seen, I think I'd seen promotional shots in Saturn magazines with Jural or, or, uh, and a couple of characters. But when I saw it in motion, wow, I think I said at the end of the last episode, was it possible for Virtua Fighter 3 to blow you away graphically three times in a row? And <laughs> it's probably the most blown away I've been out of all three of them. At the time, it looked absolutely photorealistic. Uh, and then I think in the intro, the way that the the way that the camera moves around and then the eyes track with the camera was something that you'd never seen in it before. It was just, it was it was scary to a to a degree because it looks so it looks almost photorealistic. We're getting into the we're getting into the days of, you know, uncanny valley with the way that these characters were modelled, the way that they were reflected. Um and uh I had to play it so it was I remember sticking a quid in the in the machine uh, and starting off on on Pi stage, I believe that's the one that you always start on. Although sometimes it does change, but most of the time you start on Pi stage on that on that sloping rooftop with all the uh, traffic running down underneath and the and the fence at the top, and it was just amazing. Quite frankly, um, it was way beyond anything else I'd seen at that point. 
any fighting video game. I, I didn't own my Saturn then, um, but I, having played Virtual Fighter One in the arcade and seen a few other fighting games, this ability to dodge and this uh, and the sloping uh, stages, the way that they undulate and everything, uh, it really did feel like it was light years ahead of everything. So that was when I first came across it in the arcade. Of course, it was one of the top games on my list to bring home when I got my Dreamcast. So I couldn't afford everything I wanted at launch, uh, not at launch, but when I got my Dreamcast in April 99. But I think I did get it later that summer. And it was, again, I took it home and it seemed like it was the arcade brought home. And I know we talked about how great the Virtua Fighter 2 port was uh, on the set and it really was that really was a work of art and how how well that was ported but this for a debut game and a debut year in a system you think the first year of the Saturn we got a, a Virtua Fighter port which similarly was chastised for not being arcade perfect which I think we both agreed was unfairly mm-hmm. but this one to me it really didn't seem to have any flaws at all either and it felt like we really were because I, I didn't think the Dreamcast could could really do it justice. You think about the Dreamcast, even when you and I imported it, you know, before the US and before the Western launch, um, it was a £200 console, porting games from, what is it, a £15,000 arcade board? <laughs> exactly. Two, year, two, two years to the day after, you know, come on. It, I didn't think that it could turn in a port as good as it was, and it really was, everything was there. You know the, the the undulating stages, uh, the the visuals were to me they seemed spot on. I didn't see any difference at all, um, and it played absolutely brilliantly. Um, obviously, the Dreamcast controller wasn't quite ideal for fighting games, but um, that was the only the only criticism that I could level at it at the time. I spent hours and hours on it. That and that took up most of my gaming time throughout that summer after the initial wave of uh, games that I bought. I say, I mean, I, I'd never never played it in an arcade. Haven't even, I've never seen a Virtua Fighter 3 arcade machine. So oh, right. my, my only kind of, you know, build-up to it was pretty much, you know, the same you mentioned at their Sega Saturn magazine, that, that issue with Gerald on the cover and, <laughs> you know, the kind of screenshots that you were, you were seeing on there. But um, it was a game that I got with, with my Dreamcast whenever I imported it. Um, that was my my bundle from the the local indie. So it was uh, the the Dreamcast a step down in VF3, and oh, I can't mean the exact amount. Stupid money anyway. I mean it was twice the retail price at least. Um, but I just remember getting it home, putting it on, and that that intro. You know, it just uh, it kicks in, and then you've got all these different kind of variations. Of you've got like Akira versus Wolf, and he does that kind of three move. Yeah. You know, knocks him down the stairs, and then you've got obviously um, Lau and Pi and Wolf, and uh, Jeffrey picks up Line at the end and power bombs him, and then it goes title screen comes on, and you're like, oh my god! Um, and I just love the even if you pick your character and you go into the actual game, the the wee jingle between fights. Yeah. That, that, that is just, it just the whole production value for the whole thing. Those players, those character portraits, they were just so beautifully drawn, and the way that the it, it snapped onto the screen for the side and everything just went together. Um, I just, it was jaw dropping to bring that home. I said that was obviously the first Dreamcast title I brought home. Um, 
I remember having having mates up at the time looking at it and we just could not believe what we were seeing. Yeah. And you were coming from, you know, the, the PS1 and, and the Saturn that were, you know, sitting there and as, as brilliant as the games were, especially on the Saturn and the ports that we were getting on the Saturn. But this this just looked light years ahead, you know, visually um, and, and even in an audio term as well, even though you, you had moved up again from, you know, Mega Drive to, to Saturn and going to CD and getting real more channels, more audio channels, better quality audio. But, you know, going up to Dreamcast again, it was just, the whole package was just absolutely, you know, stunning. Uh, and like you, I put so many hours into that game with the one character. Because yeah. I, I still haven't picked anyone else but Akira to this day. Um, but I just, that, that whole thing, that, that I like the fact that you, nine times out of ten, you'll always start on, on Pi stage because I think the dramatic slope of her stage, I think the fact that they present you with that straight away, I think yeah. that's almost as if to kind of shock you into, oh shit, this is different. That's it. I you mean, know, it's, it's, it's straight away you're, you're greeted by the first stage and it's completely different to what you've been used to. Yeah, that's it. It's, it, it shows you straight away that this isn't just, you know, fighting on a flat arena anymore, that you've got a really, it's, it's almost the closest you've been, you are to an actual street fighter, isn't it? Because every other fighting game seems to take place on a flat arena, whereas this actually takes place on streets and rooftops. And it really just brings you in straight away, doesn't it? It's, it's like, here you go. This is what you're going to have to deal with. This one, there's because Pyre stage is interesting because you look at all the other stages like Lion stage and Sarah stage. They all, they all, they're all flat somewhere, whereas Pyre stage is straight down. And you're starting. Well, I think you're starting on the sloping side, aren't you? Mm-hmm. So you're already up against it. So it's a sink or swim moment for certain whether you're going to get on with the uh, with the undulations in that game. But it's it's a great way of of teaching you how to deal with it from the first stage. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, the, the team battle aspect of it, um, the, obviously the main thing that that brought to the table was the, the team battle mode, pick a team, you know, fight off against each other, elimination kind of style. Um, and the major kind of gameplay changes, as we mentioned, was obviously the, the stage elevations. Um, but not just that as well, variable ring sizes. You know, yeah. in the Perhaps. last last two games have all had the same stages all the same dimensions a ring out was a ring out regardless you know the, the background looked different but the ring that you, you fought in was the same size regardless of where you you fought um yeah. but this was like you know the, the island for jeffrey um lion stage as we mentioned is a kind of little narrow kind of kind of stage almost with steps either size you know so you've got the either side that's the, the steps that go up to left and right um you've got Ao's stage which is you know get the, the snow and the river flowing through it and a kind of little drop off a cliff and things like that. So the sumo ring for, for Taka Arashi as well. So, so many different variables, not just in terms of the geometry of the stage, but the size of the ring. Yeah. So much for you to get used to and so many, so many curveballs. And obviously the way that your character stands and their stance and the way that their moves hit or, or don't hit and the way they can be dodged, that all, that all matters depending on what the surface is like. You know, so if you're trying to punch someone with a straight punch, but you're standing on a, a, at the top of a flight of steps, you're, you're going to miss. So <laughs> it's a bunch of stuff that you like that you have to get used to. And you've got you know, that's Jeffrey stage is, uh, is kind of bonkers because it's there's ring outs. It's, it's not even straight edged. It's there's 
edges to the ring all the way around. It's like a it's like a proper island, isn't yeah. it? You, you don't have um, just like a, a, a corner surface or anything like that. It's just uh, you fall in the, you fall in the drink and you've lost. So I, I love that about this game. It's uh, it's it's a bunch of uh, all, all the unknown variables in there. I mean, normally when you choose a stage, it's literally just a backdrop. Whereas this this was a different challenge depending on what stage you chose. I mean, uh, Shun's stage as well. The the floating rafts. And yeah. They, and they they actually. They, they change obviously the weight of the character affects the you know how far they sink and they, they bob up and down so with akira if you do his double kick whenever you land obviously the the, the rafts all move yeah you know it's just absolutely you know brilliant brilliant the, the the changes they brought in there but the main gameplay mechanic change was the introduction of the dodge button a fourth button added to virtua fighter yeah, to bright, finally bring the 3D fighting genre into into full 3D, and I believe it was the first game to actually actually do anything quite like it, wasn't it? I know there were other, I think Soul Calibur, Soul Blade came a little while after, using you know double tapping and another direction you could do the eight-way run, but I think this was the very first instance where it, you weren't just fighting on a 2D plane and then you, your moves would move you in the in in the three dimensions, but this was actually adding that extra dimension. To movement as well, so that was uh, that was you know thinking outside the box and expanding on Virtual Fighter 2 in in ways that uh, in in ways that I think people hadn't previously thought of. And it was funny because whenever I play VF3, because I don't know if I'm just gonna programmed through one and two, but I, I still I still don't use the dodge button as much as I should. No, I'm the same. I'm exactly the same. It's, I, I often uh, talk about how great a mechanic it is, and that it brought in, you know, that actual feeling of proper user-controlled 3D movement in a fighting game. But I forget it's there. I'm the same, but then I'm the same for all 3D fighters. So the only game I've really used 3D movement in is well, Virtua Fighter 3 a little bit, and Soul Calibur. Now, I know it's in Virtua Fighter 4, 5, and it's in the Tekken games, but I very rarely use the 3D movement. <laughs> well, because I'm so used to fight, playing fighting games on the 2D plane. Even even Soul Calibur as well, the 8-way run. I mean, my two kind of go-to guys on that are either Kellic or Mitsurugi. And yeah. I've got what I want to do in my head with Mitsurugi and his moveset already. You know, it just basically is towards, towards, and then just punch twice to make him do that. Yeah. <laughs> and then just three of them and you're at the ring yeah <laughs> <laughs> I don't need to run round you i just knock you at the ring oh, but no it's maybe something I need to look at a bit more and maybe check out the moveset on, on VF3 and, and see if there's anything in a, Akira's repertoire that makes him even more devastating whenever he's he's managed to dodge behind because obviously he's got that move you know away down diagonal towards punching guard where he, he, he does dash behind and then you know, shoulder charge you away and you end up behind your opponent and then it opens you up. But maybe if there's something in, in the dodge, you know, dodge button kind of repertoire of moves, um, might look at it. Yeah, there really is. Um, there's some of the some of the videos that I've seen in the past that just show some uh, some really good use of the dodge mechanic. And um, in one of the games that we'll probably come on to a little bit later, when you're using Akira's Virtual Fighter 3 moveset, there are moves that if you dodge and you approach from certain angles, they do specific like specific throws and specific moves uh, that are devastating. 
Um, and if you can, you know, dodge and get into that position, then uh, it's brutal. Um, so yeah, it's definitely it's, it's not. Unfortunately, Virtual Fight Three has never been a game I've been able to master. It's, uh, it's part of that's probably because I haven't been able to master the dodge button. But um, it's it as much it takes the depth that was in Virtual Fight Two and uh, and ups it as much as it could. No, hundred percent. It's just I. It's, I mean, VF VF Three. It's weird. As much as I say, I haven't mastered it like yourself and I still don't really play it properly you know to use the inverted commas kind of quote but it's still it's still my favourite VF um, just edges VF2 just and I mean there's not much in it because I think the, the quality of the port as we touched on on, on the last episode with, with VF2 on the Saturn but um, no just Brilliant to bring that that gameplay mechanic in, um, and to add it to two new characters as well, further yeah. improving on the roster. Um, the first one, if I'm going to try and pronounce her her name, and absolutely butchered it. And if Darren's listening, they might criticise me for my pronunciation of this. <laughs> so, um, Koji if I've said that properly, uh, and obviously Taka Arashi. So Eu is apparently a childhood friend of Akira. So there we go. Um, which I didn't know, well, that was me doing a bit of research ahead of recording this, and apparently Eu's, um canon is that she's a, a childhood friend of Akira. Yeah. No, uh, I'd forgotten about that until you just mentioned it. Yeah. Uh, I, I do that somewhere. Yeah. Um, and then Taka Arashi is the, the, the sumo wrestler. So the the other thing as well that was quite interesting, again, reading into this, is that um, Taka was almost actually cut for VF entirely um, because his, his size caused issues with his jump moves. Uh, and there was obviously technical implif- implications of having a character who was so much larger than the rest of the roster. So... Um, he gets a bit of hate as old Taka uh, as well whenever it comes to this game which I don't I feel sorry for Taka uh, um, he gets a lot, of, a lot of shit he does as anyone that follows me on Street Fighter knows I main um, E-Honda and I think I've got must have some sort of subconscious affinity for sumo wrestling <laughs> <laughs> you, you were a sumo in a former life, mate. <laughs> yeah, quite possibly. Uh, I've, got, I've had the build for it before, I believe, mate. Um, Can but, you uh, fetch your balls at will, though? That's the that's thing. Well, <laughs> <laughs> as long as something I'm going to try, I put it to test in But uh, I gravitated to Taka when I played this game. Obviously, I'd, I'd started with Jackie and Pi. Um, but Taka became my favourite of the two new characters um, and one of my most played ones. Um, I got quite familiar with his moveset. Right? Um, it's, he gets a bit of a raw deal, um, but I think a lot of people's complaints are around the balance of him because throws and everything work differently on him because of his size. He doesn't. He, he, his, physics, his physics are different to the other characters. Um, it's, there's pros and cons to him on that so it is still balanced uh, like people say that it isn't balanced so I, I still believe it is um, he's also got some quite easy combos but they're also quite easily dodged as well so you can't use them non-stop I think it's that he's got like five punches that he can do in a row again quite similar to Rihonda's 100 hand slap yeah yep. um, he's got a big stomp um, and uh, some great throws um, I thought he was. I thought it was a load of fun to play with. You know, he's a bit slower than the rest of the cast, a bit heavier, he's, and he, he was just something very different. And again, I think it's in the way, the same way that uh, Shun D did in Virtual Fire 2. 
he was just uh, VM2, or AM2 rather, demonstrating the power of this new technology and showing what they could do with physics and, and uh, a wrestler that big and that detailed. And the thing that I don't think he gets any credit for um, is that, yeah, the physics are different when you when you fight against him or when you use him. Um, and that's a good thing. You know, you play as a sumo in any other fighting game. And, uh, you know, Ryu in Street Fighter, little um, little five foot six guy can can chuck E Honda across the screen the same way that he throws anyone else. <laughs> you know, the same with Tekken and Gamryo. He, he's uh, another big sumo character that you know. There's no there's no difference in the way that the physics work with him. Whereas Virtual Fighter, there really is. So I feel like that's another thing that gets that that gets condemned for, but it really should be commended how they implemented that so well and so differently to a to a fighting game. I just added that extra realm of realism. You know, it, it does. It does always look comical whenever you look at these. As you say, throws throws have no physics in Street Fighter. Yeah, exactly. you know, I'm picking you up and I'm launching you through that crate, even though you're six times the size of me. Yeah, there's some uh, new character in Street Fighter Five who I think he's like eight foot six tall. He's enormous. He takes up the whole screen, but he doesn't react any differently to when you throw him. He sort of just like hunches down when you have to like. <laughs> It looks so odd. It looks so odd. Will, but, yeah. Willingly being thrown. Like, hold, hold on a <laughs> second. I'm just going to crouch for a second to make this easier for you. Hold on. <laughs> yeah, it's a big show in WWE, isn't it? Aye, pretty <laughs> much, aye. aye. <laughs> um, but I mean, for all the criticism that we talk about the, the port getting, um, you know, the, the reviews were very, very kind um, to Virtual Fighter 3 on the, on the Dreamcast. I mean, um, had some reviews here, just kind of scores. Um, not what to turn us into a review score show, right? We're no Metacritic. Right? Just <laughs> don't, don't want to hear anything about bangers and, you know, all these terms that you get from modern gaming banded about. Today is going to be fun. We're recording this on the day of the Xbox showpiece event, so my mute list is getting activated later. <laughs> um, but yeah, CVG, um, 4 out of 5. Edge, 8 out of 10. EGM, 8 out of 10. Famitsu, 36 out of 40. Game Pro, 16.5 out of 20. Game Informer, 7.75 out of 10. A, a 0.75? Uh, GameSpot, 8.2. GameSpy, 8. IGN, 8.7. Uh, and Dreamcast Magazine, 93%. Um, we're just kind of looking at the, the Edge review. There was a, a quote that I pulled. Um, just a kind of paragraph of it. I just want to kind of read that out now because it, it does kind of it sums it up quite nice. Um so they said, 8 out of 10, bouts take place atop sloping downtown rooftops and on flights of steps and in the lapping waters of a desert island and on the Great Wall of China. But Virtua Fighter has grown into a highly technical game since the inception of the series in 1993, resulting in the uneven flaws of the third game affecting the movement and attacks of the characters, where once Tekken's approachable one button for each limb system seemed the way forward for the genre, it limits interaction in a true three-dimensional space. VF's alternative with buttons for punch, kick, defend and dodge, while perhaps not offering the same scope for multiple attack movements, allows you to control the characters with unrivaled grace. I'd say that grace is still unrivaled today. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, for the series as a whole, but for Virtua Fighter 3 in particular, uh, it's, I know Virtua Fighter 4 and Virtua Fighter 5 both dropped the dodge button and they, they now relay, rely on a similar set up to like the Tekken and Soul Calibur series where you double tap a direction or you move in a direction you have to the commands for jump and crouch and moving 
a 3D is kind of meshed together. But it made sense for me, you know. Virtual Fighter was different because you didn't use, you didn't hold back to block. You didn't use the control stick to block. So you had a separate button for block. And to dodge, it made sense for that to be a separate button as well, rather than something, you know, controlled by the by the stick. So yeah, that that always made sense to me. And it, it, it once you've got used to the full button setup, it's uh, it's a a balletic game to behold, really, isn't it? It's it's a a beauty to 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 watch, especially when you're watching some of the competitiveness yeah. from uh, from the from the from the fighting scene in Japan. Aye, I mean. For as good as as you think you might be at it, you know, if you can string maybe four or five moves together that you might use. I mean, I've got maybe like five or six moves with Akira that I can kind of go to and, and recall um, from memory, but that's nothing compared to what these these guys, especially the kind of the Japanese pro players. You know, you you watch videos on YouTube of these guys, these competitive guys playing this, and it's the speed that they they attack at and the the range that they've got is just frightening. Absolutely it shows how big this game was. I mean, obviously, it sold one to one with the Dreamcast in Japan. Famitsu gave it a, a very good score. I think it's nine out of ten from all all four reviewers. Mm-hmm. Um, and recently, I was reading that the Virtua Fighter scene has exploded again in Japan. Um, there's one uh, arcade that's got a, just a string of Virtua Fighter three cabinets all next to each other, uh, and they're all filled up. This game, obviously, very special. Uh, in 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 its native Japan, uh, it's just a shame it didn't quite catch on as well uh, over here. Um, I know there's an awful lot of respect for it, especially at the time. I remember in I think it must have been 1997. Um, it was before we'd had Fighters Mega Mix over here. Um, there was a there was like a tournament bracket in a PlayStation magazine. My friend was showing me it, and uh, it had. Tekken 2 was the greatest fighting game of all time, obviously. <laughs> uh, Virtua Fighter 3 lost in the semi-final. And I'll never forget why it lost. It said it's the most high-tech, beautiful fighting game ever made. But it's far too high-tech for any home ga- home machine in the near future. We only have to wait a year. <laughs> to, to <get> Jeez. <laughs> Very oh, come on. Even- <laughs> Even in that paragraph, you could tell there was uh, there was some begrudging respect in there, but it's also a shot to say, "Ha ha!" Well, the Saturn can't do it, so <laughs> it doesn't count. Aye, um, which kind of takes us on nicely to the Saturn port that never was. So we've all seen the screenshots of what is rumored to be from the Saturn version, and I'm. Very, very sceptical that these are actually from the Saturn because it looks like someone's taken Dreamcast screenshots, put them into Microsoft Paint and hit the Invert Colors button. Yeah, they I think don't... that's what I've seen as well. Yep. Um, the, what I've read is that they're not actually shots from the Saturn version. They are from a badly emulated Model 3 emulator. So um, so that makes sense. Because the, the, even even though they look a bit a bit off, uh, and a little bit jaggy. I think there's still far more polygons in those models than you'd expect to see in, in the Saturn game, if it, if it ever was completed. Well, I mean, if you look at the, the video of Shenmue for, for the Saturn, yeah, you know, the, the, the kind of leak that came out of that, that gives you an idea of what the kind of character models might have been like, because obviously, you know, Shenmue followed on and, and took a lot from, from VF3, you know, that, that thing you mentioned about the eyes scanning the scene, you, you instantly think of Landy. Yeah, <laughs> you know that 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 whole thing, you know, the eyes moving and the, the the cloth and the clothing and things like that. But 
Aye, it's uh, it would have been interesting to see what would have happened if if perhaps there had been maybe a year left of life in the Saturn rather than the Dreamcast being so, you know, pending um, and, and coming pretty soon. I mean, there was talk that there was going to be like a, a 3D accelerator cartridge to, yeah. to help the Saturn run it. I remember reading that story as well and I'm kind of glad that they never went down that route in a way because we know how well add-ons are received particularly Sega ones. Yeah, so, I mean, I think that might have been looked at, oh, is this another 32X where you need to buy this thing that plugs into a cartridge slot just to play one or two games? And, uh, it's, I mean... I mean, it would have been out around the same time as the N64 expansion pack, which, you know, went down a little bit better. But, you know, that's Nintendo. And <laughs> Sega, Sega's not allowed to do anything. <laughs> <laughs> Was it some, was it was, was it Morcana called us? Was it grumpy old Sega bastards? Wasn't it? Yeah, so it was. we're, we're heading down that 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 kind of road again here with us. Sega can't do anything right, man. Rubbish. <laughs> uh, it feels sometimes, but yeah, uh, there was a former expansion cart. Um, it, it was an odd one because obviously we had the four meg RAM cart for games like X Men vs Street Fighter, and we had the one meg one for the SNK games that came before that. Um, but one to one to run 3D games just seems a little bit step too far. Um, I would have thought the cartridge would be expensive if it's housing graphics hardware in it. And given that the Saturn was very difficult to program for in the first place, you think adding another layer of complexity to it. <laughs> it's like um, it's like you, there's so many examples of it, stuff like that not being used. You only have to look at the 32X to see people just using the Mega Drive graphics libraries and maybe adding one or two touches on top. Even worse was the Atari Jaguar, whereas that had the, you know the the 64-bit processors, Tom and Jerry, and all that sort of stuff. But it had <laughs> it had a Motorola 68000 processor in there, which was used in the Amiga and the Mega Drive, and and developers just used the 68000. <laughs> so if you had if you had that sort of car, I don't think the type the take up would have been that that big, and it would have been quite expensive. So I don't think it would have been the best way forward. No, it would have been very much one for the enthusiasts. You know, it's certainly not something I think that the the general public would have lapped up, especially you know the way the Saturn was was received towards the, especially towards the end of its lifespan as well. Um, I just I don't I don't think it would have shifted at all. It'd have been you're looking at what would that have cost? Is you're saying to put in kind of 3D acceleration technology into a cartridge? If it was even possible, you know, yeah. to do that, you know, you're, you're looking at what hundred quid plus. Yeah. Then the game yeah. on top of that. Yeah. And how many games are going to use it as a study? Exactly. Ah, it's... No. But uh, what, what could have been? But I'm, I'm glad that they, they they left it for the for the Dreamcast. It seemed like the kind of natural progression. You yeah. Know, Model three. Let's move on. New new home console. Um and. I don't care what anybody says. It was a, a bloody good job by, by Genki. It's a, a very playable port to this day. It really is. I mean, at the time, I really wanted it for the Saturn, or with an accelerator or not. Um, without an accelerator, it's hard to see how the undulating surfaces would have fared, um, whether it would have been just flat ring stages like the like the like Virtual Fighter 2, um, whether it would have been able to run in you know the HD mode like Virtual Fighter 2 did, uh, how the fighting models would have 
fared on the on the standard hardware. Um, I don't know if VDP2 could have done a sloping stage like Pi's. It's I'd, I wish we could have seen some of the some of the previews of it or some some you know a prototype if it's out there somewhere. I'd there, love to see it. There must be something out there, you know, in, in, in a vault somewhere. There must be code of this running. Yeah. You know, the, the Shenmue one appeared, as we said, that came out of nowhere a while ago, so who knows? Maybe one day. One day. But yeah, we were unfortunately felt starved of Virtual Fighter 3 as far as the uh, as far as the setting was concerned. But uh, we were catered for a little bit. Mm-hmm. We were indeed. In Fighters, Fighters. Fighters Megamix. Now, what a game that was. Now I love that they uh, that they took the um, the move sets for all the Virtual Fighter 2 characters uh, for, for, and gave them their Virtual Fighter 3 moves. Um, they introduced the dodge button as well. Um, they also had Janet from Virtual Cop 2, who actually has uh, Ayo's move set from Virtual Fighter 3. Uh, in a, in addition to the fact that she can just shoot any, anyone with a gun. <laughs> <laughs> um, it didn't have the state. It had some stages. It had Wolf's Desert stage, which kind of gives you an idea of how they might have approached it. But that stage is used for Jirao, I think. I can't remember off the top of my head. No. Um, or it might be. It might even be Seba who uses the, who uses Wolf's Ultra Fire Free stage. Uh, it is it, no, sorry, it is Seba actually, because it has the uh, the attract mode music from Virtual Fire Free in it. That uh, da 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 da. <laughs> Uh, I remember. It's so epic. I used to play on the stage just for that theme tune. <laughs> oh man! So yeah, it had a couple of stage. Had state. Had a couple of stages. A couple of music tracks from Virtual Fighter Three. The dodge button. The moves. Had Oe in the in the form of Janet from Virtual Cop. Everything, bar you know the more complex Virtual Fighter Three stages, and. You know, poor old Takara Rashi missed Aye. out. Kicked out. Aye, it's uh, again possibly due to technical you know, limitations, or you know, maybe the again the Saturn could have handled the I don't know the was not geometry, but the the physics of of having you know such a large character against these smaller ones. You know, if you I mean, can you imagine having Takara Rashi against Virtua Fighter Kids Akira? Yeah, you've got to somehow make like picky from picky from fighting vipers be able to not just throw him and kick him, but boot him out of a out of a cage and go flying across the screen fighting vipers style. So, <laughs> I it, put, put Taka it, through a cage. Yeah, <laughs> no, it's not happening. No, I mean you, you do those those charge moves in that game, don't you? And then you just whack them, and they go what well, they go for miles and miles, and the screen just spans out into the like little 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 specks on the on the screen. But what did you think of Fights Mega Mix? See, I never ever owned it. Um, it was my mate Sam; he had it, so I played it first at his um, on his Saturn. Um, I mean, I've seen it in the magazine, say a Saturn magazine and stuff like that. So, I it's, it's kind of Smash Brothers before Smash Brothers. Yeah, it is. You know, the the, 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 the ultimate mashup of, of Sega characters. I mean, as, as you mentioned, you've got Janet from uh, Virtua Cop, you've got Bean from Sonic the Fighters, um, Japan only, you had Rent a Hero from the Mega Drive game of the same name, uh, Siba, as you mentioned, who was cut from VF1, um, there's VF Kids, Akira, and Seda, the Hornet car from Daytona, uh, the funniest unlockable character, and I had no idea. 
that this was a thing until I, I was doing a bit of research into this. If you put 84 hours into the game, you can fight as the AM2 logo's palm tree. <laughs> yeah, I unlocked the palm tree. The one thing I didn't unlock, or thing I only unlocked it once, was Mr. Meat. I don't know if you've seen that. That's another <laughs> hidden character. Mr. Meat? Yeah, you had to turn your console off and on a uh, hundred times, or, or start my fight was Mega Mix a hundred times. And uh, yeah, I, I, I thought by doing that, I'd be damaging my, like if I was hammering it off and on constantly, I'd damage my, my system. But uh, yeah, he was just literally just a, a slab of meat on a bone with, uh, <laughs> with, with gloves and shoes floating around him. So the paper just... army advert. <laughs> he hasn't even got arms and legs it's, or a face. It's just... Oh. Thought his Mega Mix is a bit of an animal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh oh my god, it was because they weren't even on the um on the fighting character select screen. I think you needed special codes to uh to select them once you'd unlock them. But um, it was kind of uh it was kind of try Sega trying to move towards that sort of that load of content perspective that Sony was doing at the yeah, time. All the unlockable characters and loads of stages. They didn't have character specific endings, but the various courses all had all had endings. Um I loved it at the time. Uh I still do like playing it now and again and it is quite impulsive um or compulsive to, to unlock all the characters and everything else. Um it plays really well. Does it play as good as Virtua Fighter? I, I don't think so. Uh, I think it's a little bit more just slightly more clunky. Um, just the crossover with fighters, fighting vipers and virtual fighter doesn't quite gel. I think it's not the perfectly play, it's not a perfectly playing fighting game. It wasn't a replacement for virtual fighter three, I don't think, but it certainly did give you a very good taste of of what virtual fighter three could offer, albeit in a in a slightly modified sort of gameplay arena. I felt very very kind of laid back, almost like a kind of casual version of. Of VF, it was like they kind of took the shackles off. It's, it had the move set and it still had the complexity, but it didn't didn't feel quite as intimidating. No you know, fighters mega mix, but I mean, the, always ban from fighting vipers always kind of made me laugh back then, because you know how obviously all these fighters have all got their kind of their Japanese sayings whenever they they win their victory kind of yeah. speeches. I just remember banning it. He goes, whenever he punches somebody, you do that kind of power punch. Yeah. It sounds like he's saying, your mama's crap. <laughs> he goes, your mama's crap. <laughs> no, I know what you mean. It's, it's, uh, like, it's, like, it's like Kelly can Soul Calibur. Cook him a dinner. Pizza today. <laughs> sounds like he's saying, cook, cook him a dinner. Pizza today. <laughs> Every time I play, I can't even hear it. Oh yeah, it's all those 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 misheard re- reading the misheard voices <laughs> that you hear as a kid, and then they stay with you, don't they? <laughs> it's like Kurosawa in Last Bronx. Zagru's Kungri. <laughs> don't know what you're saying, mate, but it's like, <laughs> but I ban your mama's crap. <laughs> yeah, he, he was the rival of Virtua Fighter in that game as well, and I don't think uh, of of Akira in Aye. that game. He, he literally was. He what he had very similar moves. He had the. He, he, did he have a double? I think he's got a double kick as well. He's also he's definitely got the shoulder charge. Yeah, he's got the shoulder charge. I think in the intro, which is again, it was another more evidence that Sega were trying to 
ape the PlayStation approach, you know, with the CG intro in the beginning, um, which introduces the characters. But uh, in that, they're fighting and they both do the shoulder charge at each ah, other. That's right. Uh, which is pretty cool. I could keep up with Kiki's ass. <laughs> <laughs> I'm biased. Slap that toothpick out his mouth. <laughs> that's right. Uh, these big daft shades and his stupid hat. Yeah, so, but Fighters Mega Mix, uh, an exceptional fighting game. Um, I mean, from content-wise, it's it's excellent. Gameplay-wise, it's it's brilliant. It's solid, but it's not quite as uh, as fluid, um, as beautiful to watch as Virtua Fighter is. And Virtua Fighter 3, you compare, you know, the Fighters Mega Mix, same movesets, same dodge button. You put them on wolf stage, the same stage, uh, and watch the two versions uh, against each other. Um, take away the graphical quality, but it's just the way that they move in Virtua Fighter 3 is just uh, it's light years ahead. Aye. I mean, if you want to pick up Fighters Mega Mix, it's not bad priced. Um, if it's something you don't have in your collection already, just checking just now on CEX alone, it's only 15 quid. Yeah, I think it sold very well, and it and rightly so, it's a very, very good game. It seemed like Sega's gamble to, to give everyone all this content paid off. Um, I think that was obviously what, what people were after back then rather than straight arcade ports um, I, I was happy to get it it's, it's, it's an excellent game and it is, it's a joy to unlock everything in it um, the only thing is I think once you've unlocked everything um, it's the, the longevity and the depth uh, isn't quite there compared to say Virtual Fighter 2 whereas you know if you have nothing to unlock it's still a, a blast to play all this time um, you can never, you can never not, never, you're never short of things to learn in, in the mainline virtual fire no, game. No, hundred percent. Um, so, if you've nothing else to add, Dan, uh, that would bring volume one of our Sega Guys Chronicle series to a close. Now, people might go, oh, VF4 and VF5. If you need the small print, it said on Sega hardware, and we have sadly come to the end of that road. <laughs> And it is, and it is sad. That it is very sad. It's a, it's a shame as well because Virtual Fighter Three, it's called the black sheep of the franchise, and it hasn't actually been ported anywhere else since. You know, Virtual Fighter One had some sort of remix on the PS2. Um, it's also uh, coming out on the new Astro City Cab, the mini one that's coming yes. out. Um, that's getting imported. <laughs> yeah, it's, it looks amazing. That does. <laughs> I saw Virtual Fighter One and Return of Death, uh, Revenge of Death Adder. I was like, yep. Yeah, that's for me. Thank you very much. <laughs> so Virtua Fighter 1 obviously getting getting some of the, uh, the, the plaudits it rightly deserves. Uh, Virtua Fighter 2, as we said, you know, is one of the greatest fighting games of all time again. Um, and ported to the PS3, I think, as well as the Xbox 360. And you can play it on your Xbox One. Yep. So that's well represented. Virtua Fighter 4 is PlayStation 2 only, but we don't care about that. Virtua Fighter 5... <laughs> Grumpy old Sega bastards. Yeah. <laughs> Virtual Fighter 5, again, PlayStation, Xbox 360, and you can play it on Xbox One. So you can all play them all on, you know, fairly popular systems, but Virtual Fighter 3 is, is only available in in the arcades and on the Dreamcast. And to me, that's a, that's a shame. See, I don't know if maybe that's why, and I kind of strange underlying, won't ever admit it kind of manner, if that's why it's maybe my favourite. Is it perhaps that it feels like the only kind of purest version of Virtua Fighter left in the home yeah you know it's, it's the only one that hasn't been tainted by a presence on on a Sony console <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
But it's, uh, I mean, the thing whenever you've seen VF4 running on PS2 is that you just looked at it and you're going, the Dreamcast could have done that. Yeah, um, especially when you're talking about the uh, the aliasing and the uh, and some of the textures. Uh, you compare the Naomi 2 game to, to, to PlayStation 2 um, and you can see the compromises that are made and you think some of those compromises, yeah, they would have they would have stuck on, on Dreamcast. But other ones, I think it would have looked better on Dreamcast. I really do. Um, because the Dreamcast has had more in common with Naomi and it was... Um, it was able to produce the sort of effects. I mean, the PlayStation 2 version, I, mean, it's, I do love Virtua Fighter 4. It's a great game. Um, but it's so dark compared to, uh, compared to the arcade and compared to the others in the series. It really did feel like it was, it felt like and looked like Virtua Fighter for the, for the PlayStation generation. Yeah. No, it does. I know you talk about the, the kind of palette and a lot of the kind of PS2 games that that were ported over, the Dreamcast games that were ported over to PS2, I should say, like Crazy Taxi, um, especially that the colour palette is all wrong on it. Yeah. You know, um, and that, that anti-aliasing issue, I mean, look at Dead or Alive too. Yeah, again, that's another example. You know, Jaggy City on PS2, um, smooth as butter on, on Dreamcast. Yeah, and maybe the Dreamcast version of Virtua Fighter 4 may have had less polygons, um, but... It would have, I think, it would have looked the sharper of the, of the two, just because of the way that, especially if you plug your Dreamcast through a VGA, I think it would have looked stunning. Mm. So it's a shame, it's a shame that Sega had long abandoned the, the Dreamcast before, uh, before that could have uh, become a reality. Uh, what could have been? What could have been? Mm. But uh, Virtua Fighter Four and Five, very, very good games um, in their various forms. Uh, I quite like Final Showdown. Virtua Fighter Five is one of my top ten fighting games of all time. Um, but there's something about Virtua Fighter 3 that makes it extra special and just because it was the last Sega made arcade game on you know bonafide Sega model 3 hardware ported to a Sega console uh, it just it is just pure Sega and one of the very last examples of that unfortunately mm-hmm. no 100% so that wraps up Chronicles Volume 1 um you know, get involved, guys. Reach out to us on Twitter. What are your thoughts on Virtua Fighter 3? Did you enjoy it? Did you play it on the Dreamcast? Did you play it in the arcade? Um, let us know your your memories and, you know, favourite thoughts on, on Virtua Fighter 3. Uh, you can reach out to us on Twitter at Sega Guys. You can get myself at the Sega-holic, and you can get Dan at Swooper underscore D. The next Chronicle series we're going to work on will focus on Sega Rally. So okay. there's going to be loads of singing in that one. <laughs> absolutely oh I'm going to sing the whole damn soundtrack um, um, and obviously the, the, the Saturn at 25 episode that we've done um, just you know the previous one there going down an absolute storm as well so just want to kind of want to add some thanks on there as well for the you know those that have shared it and you know listened to it and tuned in and um, you know it's it's our most successful episode yet it's also our longest one yet so um, thank you very much to everybody who has you know tuned in and has enjoyed that episode also yeah I just want to echo that I just I think when we started this I don't think we expected to see the response that we've had and we've been absolutely blown away and humbled by everyone uh, and all the kind words and comments just listen to a pair of grumpy old Sega guys <laughs> over there over there memories of, of their favorite gaming company so thank you everyone uh, for all the kind words and the support for all of this it's really appreciated yep 
absolutely 100% echo everything you've said there, mate. Um, and as I said, you know, the, the kind of chemistry that you and I have got, I mean, people would, would never have realised, I think, that the first time we ever spoke was recording that first episode. was, yeah. Um, so there you go. But it's great fun, loving every minute of it. Um, I'm just glad I found a, a fellow grumpy old Sega pal to, to sound off with. <laughs> Likewise. Fortunately, there's a few of us out there still. <laughs> I, I a, there's more of us than we know. <laughs> you don't have to hide anymore. Come forward. <laughs> it's okay. Start, start up a Sega Guys membership. You two can have your Sega Grumpy Bastard t shirt. <laughs> that's maybe something to look into actually no going off on a tangent just want to say once again thank you very very much uh, and we will catch you in the next one cheers guys cheers guys bye